Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello and welcome to What A Load Of Cobblers, Cobblers Catch-Up, a handy summary of the week's news from Sixfields. I'm Tom Reed, and in a momentous week for the club in more ways than one, I'm joined by Wallet regulars Martin Maloney and Brendan Walsh, plus graphic designer extraordinaire Luke Thodde. Plus, we've got Northampton Town Supporters Trust board member and publican Keith Buckby with us again. How are you doing, guys? You all right? Good, thanks, man. Not bad. Good, yeah, good well, thanks. Yeah, good. Good stuff. Um, let's start with the on-pitch stuff, as that's what it's all about, really. 125th birthday of the Cobblers, which coincided with a good 3-2 win over Tranmere. Was traditionally nervy, but got the job job done uh, in the end, Brendan. Yeah, and and what a way to to do it. I think it was fourth. Uh, no, it was second versus third, wasn't it? And neither team had had conceded too many goals, so naturally that it turned out to be a three-two barnstormer and two corner goals as well, just to to really. Uh, Push home, it was a cobbler's game. So, yeah, I, I had a big smile on my face going home on Saturday. Good result. Luke, obviously a good win. We don't do anything easy at the cobblers, and that was quite apt. You know, well, performance for our whole history. Um, you must have been happy at the end of the, the full-time whistle there. Well, I saw someone put online saying, if you could sum up 125 years of cobblers in one ninety minutes, that was it. You know, to go 3 nil up, and then they looked a bit edgy when they got the goal, they were calling for a penalty for the whole game, I thought, you know, which sort of, I think ruined the game a bit, but overall you couldn't really ask for better, could you? A win, um, goals, and a good performance I actually thought. I thought for most of it we managed to control the game, we took it into our own hands and to be fair, both goals weren't really anything that the team could really do about it. It was a lucky deflection for the first and second one, I think was just a team desperate to try and get back into the game and got a lucky penalty in my opinion, but yeah, not bad. Were you scared they might get the equaliser or were you fairly secure that it was just three goals were too too many to, to call back? Well, I always get told I'm my granddad's grandchild and I'm a bit of a pessimist. So I was always thinking on the seat, oh, they're going to get the equaliser here, they're going to get the equaliser. But um, no, you know, we've got the best defensive league two for a reason. And I think uh, Saturday was a great example of that. You know, five minutes added on and I don't think they really test us at all. In the last six or seven minutes, I think we held on our own. We had a caution under us, but um, no, it's a testament to our team. I think defensively, we're one of the best I've ever seen since supporting Cobblers. Yeah, we 
very strong at the back, but I, you're often, maybe it's just this pessimistic thing. I think, you know, it's a Northampton trait, actually, being fairly pessimistic. But, um, yeah, sometimes you just feel we have to score about 15 to, <laughs> to, be, yeah. to be strong in, in, in a lead. Um, Keith, did you make it to the game? And what did you make of it? Obviously, like a barnstorming start, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I did make it. Um, me and my son went, and it, what was good to see was 7,000 plus. Feels like it's been a while. Um, yeah. It was a good atmosphere. I think we we nearly killed it at the start. It was a bit of a shaky start. I thought the first 20 minutes weren't amazing, and I was I was a bit worried. And then you, you know you said we're strong at the back, but the backs are strong at the front, aren't they? And you know Horsfall delivered again, almost identical goals really, just from from opposite you know sides corners and. I said to my son when Sammy was taking the first one, why is he taking that when we got Mitch? Um, I bet we'll score now. And we did because I'm never right about anything I say when I'm at the football, um, which was which was good. And I, I wasn't nervous in the last five minutes when we brought Danny Rose on because it's what he does, isn't it? If you get the ball to him, he falls over. Um, you get a free kick. It, it eases the pressure. Um, and it was good. I, I felt the ref had a decent game, to be honest. I mean, they were appealing for penalties through the whole game and it was... I can't remember the last time I've seen two players booked for diving. But again, I, you know, I just said to my lad during the game, if they keep doing this, he's bound to cave and, and give one penalty, you know, and, and sure enough, I was right about that. But, you know, yeah. I felt we managed that last five minutes really well. And it was, you know, it was a really entertaining, um, enjoyable game and spectacle, I thought. I think, um, Keith, your point on the referee, I thought the ref was brilliant for about 80 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. even the penalty... I turned to Lee next to me and I said, well, he's turned him down for a few. So I reckon I'm pretty sure he's got that one right. And mm-hmm. we, we all saw an agreement. And then you see it on YouTube at one in the morning. It's like, oh, bloody hell. He's bought, he, you know, he's bought one there. And then there was a couple of other curious decisions. But yeah. just on Danny Rose, you are, I, I love that point. It's like, you know, to use a baseball analogy, as I, I sometimes will, he's like <laughs> our closer. It's a one run game. You get someone on, just get three outs. You're one up or you're holding on. Get him on up front. And he's almost like a pint-sized bayo for someone you trust <laughs> getting the ball forward to. Yeah. And he's going to hang on to it, draw a foul and waste some time. Abs- you know, He'll go somewhere else after this season and score a bunch of goals. But I'll, I don't think there'll ever be another striker who'd have scored so few goals, but will still get a really warm reception back at six fields. Because the way he works, you know, despite nothing really running for him, it, it's it's awesome to see. And, you know, when we're all dead nervy, you know, without hanging on to that, you just think Danny Rose up front. Yeah, that's what you want. Martin, I think you've definitely had a good few points in the uh, Bears Leap uh, for that uh, <laughs> positive appraisal of Danny Rose. And I love that, Martin. I, think that's <laughs> I was about to say, actually, I've seen on Twitter all week, all the person speaking about is Danny Rose and... It's a bit of slander. So when you said that, I was a bit surprised myself. I'm going to lie. <laughs> no, I, think, I, I think you're right there, Martin. I think you're right. I think you're right, Martin, in that it probably, it's probably not the best for his, you know, his uh, mental well-being to be described, you know, on, on that level that his you know, main role is to come on and like see the game out. But I think you're right that he is the right player to bring on in that situation. It And it sort of played out like that. Let's quickly move on to the Cobblers' goals. Two for Fraser Horsfall and um, Brendan messaged us to say corner FC and I don't care. Um, <laughs> Brendan, I honestly don't think you, you you care less, do you? You know that we're getting these goals from set pieces and he is just a beast at corners, isn't he? 
No, why, why would I care at all where they come from? Like, yeah. it, it was the Newport boss a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? And he was like, yeah, we know all about cobblers and we think we can cause them some problems. And we beat them one nil, and it was a it was a corner. Like you can know it's coming all you want, and and all the it's not we're like way out in front over the whole ninety two in terms of goals from set pieces. People know where we're going to hurt them, and they can't seem to stop it. So mm. I'm bothered to know, like it's fine. I'm I'm now more bothered because it seems we seem to have this constant merry-go-round of strikers that we we find a bit of a raw article put a season or two into them they turn into our near top goal scorer and then we move them on the only only exception to that will probably be ash taylor who moved himself on but we've had like <laughs> a steady progression of center backs do all that do that um you know from charlie good aaron pierre um and then now fraser horsfall and he, he was one that i completely forgot his contracts out in the summer i yeah. don't i don't quite put him i feel like i was more impressed with with good and i feel like You'd probably say you you would keep Horsfall over Guthrie because he's younger, but like on a, personally, I prefer Guthrie as a as a centre back, and I think he's far better than League Two. But I don't know if Horsfall's younger, so it, it's it's I, I will start to get bothered if he keeps scoring from corners now because I kind of want him to have a few bum performances, get just enough to get us up, and then sign a new deal. Do you know what I mean? I'd, yeah. I'd rather not have to go and find another new centre back. But <laughs> I, I'm I'm not asked where they come from, and and. We've said it before. I don't think it's like under Keith Cole where we we play for set pieces and we play percentages. I feel like they just come as a byproduct of of all the positive stuff we do. And there, yeah. there was enough chances to score from open play on on Saturday. It's just the result in corners we ended up putting in. Um, Martin, you've seen quite a few solid centre backs, especially from set pieces in your time. Are like the opposition? Do you notice are they are they man marking horse for? Can you man mark horse for? What's going on there? Because he just seems like he's got this sort of lock on to the ball, like almost like a radar, hasn't he? It's incredible. Um, I think, yeah, I think there, there there is something little a little bit. He's he's got a, a a little bit about him that I think players are struggling to deal with. Um, not necessarily just move his movement, positioning, strength. It's it's something you're not seeing too often. You know, eight goals, you know, three quarters of the way through the season for a centre half. You know, that is a lot, even for one, you know, where a team get a lot of set pieces. But he's he's definitely destined for for much, I think, much bigger things. You know, maybe not Charlie Go Charlie Good level in terms of all round play, but I think you know his solidity as a centre half. Um, you know, I don't think he's particularly um, commanding captain. I think you know we've spoken before in this part of it. Around our lack of leaders over over the last couple of seasons, you know, but he's, I'd say he's a, he's a championship player playing in in league, you know, an average championship player playing it in a League One side, in a League Two side, but he move he moves well, he anticipates well, and he's just got strength and a sort of composure as well, you know. I mean, both the headers didn't try to do too much. Mm. You know, he, he sort of, you know, he anticipates. You know, you've got two guys. I know Hoskins gets slated, but got two guys who put over decent decent balls from corners and free kicks and he, he's reaping the benefits a pound to a penny it'll be qpr next year will be will be my um my prediction okay we've had quite a few predictions that have come right um i remember uh, brendan said the first like first game of the season the pinnick is the one to watch um let's move yeah. let's move on to him actually <laughs> luke um we we're not a dour side by any means but sometimes people like Pinnock can 
you know, just put a bit of a flourish on a game, and he, and he did that with his goal, Luke. Um, do you think that was, you know, one of the best goals in recent weeks, that little curler? Well, he's the one player in our team, more than any other, who has that ability or technique to pick something out which we normally wouldn't have, like a goal or an assist of high quality. Um, yeah. I'd definitely say that goal's one of the best I've seen from a wide player and definitely from an open play stats from our standpoint. Yeah. But even so, even that goal, you look at the the goal we scored against Bradford and I don't know if you, which game it was, like a couple of weeks back, he tried one from the halfway line from a free kick and that nearly went in. The, the blokes, he's the one player in that team, I'd actually say people aren't um, focusing on his contract situation more than anything. I know he's down to 2023, I believe. Um, yeah. I know they released the thing didn't they, the other day of all the contracts. But he's the one player I reckon I can't believe he's in this division. You talk about Horsfall, and he's a great player, don't get me wrong. Um, but obviously, he's you've seen his improvement. He's improved to that level. You've seen players in that squad. I mean, you look at Roberts at Walsall, he was told that, you know, he's going to be rubbish and he's improved here or, you know, he's at least to a standard I can't believe. But Pinnock, so one player since joined this club, I, I, he's just hit the ground running for me. You know, his technique mm-hmm. is is the best in the squad I'd rate. And you look at his assists, you say about the goals we scored, look at the deliveries he's putting in for us to score from, from these set pieces. I think yep. he's one player who, you know, I, I'd be trying to get him down on a bigger deal, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You only really think about contracts when they're in the final year, don't they? But sometimes you have to be sort of prescient to the to what's going on. And he just seems like a no-brainer sign. And if you put a contract in front of him tomorrow for another two, three years, you know, and he signed it, you'd be like, job done just sort of player that people pay to watch really and i just exactly. love that technique and it was a good good ball through to him and it just the the presence of mind just to you know sit, tee himself up and curl it in it's just that's what i want to see from cobblers it's just it was really good keith overall just just a little summary of the day for you it was quite a good production from the club uh, in all credit wasn't it with some of the um um you know the legends coming back um we sort of made a joke that they should have done a rogues gallery with people like Kevin Thornton and uh, <laughs> some of the uh, lesser, you know, good, good, great players, but probably not um, legends. But yeah, getting back to the point, just a, a good day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was great. You know, the use of the um, the middle names for the players um, in the announcements and in the in the squad lineups was a was a really good touch. And even some of the follow up when they had the goal cam footage and they've made it kind of black and white and grainy effect. It was yeah, it was just it was just well done. There was a lot of, lot of effort went in. And, uh, and fair play to the club. And I, I hope that some of those 7,300 people or the additional 3,000 odd come back, you know, a lot. Yeah. hope they had a good enough time to, to, to shell out again and, and keep coming. That's a challenge for the club now, isn't it? It's, we, we're always teetering around 5,000 fans, good or bad, maybe up to six, 7,000 in the good days when we were at Wembley under in Atkins and other times. And it, it goes back to five. We've really got to be getting up to six, seven every week, getting up towards ten, like Lincoln have grown their their fan base, and then you start looking at being bits more self-sufficient. So that's absolutely the challenge for the football club going forward. But obviously a good day, and everyone seems to enjoy it. Quickly going back, and um, before we move on, Brendan, to the, the football side of things, a move back to four-two-three-one. Do you think that was significant, and and do you want it to stay? Yeah, again, we talked about it the other week, didn't we? I felt like where we were stuttering a little bit was was in the formation switch. I think three five two, it you know, in, in all the, the textbooks on on football is great at maintaining pressure um when you've got a lot of the ball and teams are sitting deep. 
But mm. I, with the players we've got, you know, and we're going and playing Tranmere, who are a good footballing side and a, a good defence, but we can expect them, you know, to have a bit of the ball as well. I thought it was smart to go back to a four-two-three-one. I don't know if there was any other reasons around it, but if it was deliberate, then it was it was smart and it and it worked. I mean, you you can say what you want about the tactics. The two we got into a lead from set pieces, but it it was after we calmed down a little bit and let the moment kind of pass us by. I think we um we started to create a a fair bit and the the third the third goal Pinnock's goal it came from a little bit of a seem to remember it was a, a a kick out or a long kick. This is what teams say mean when they say we're direct. I don't think it's like up to Bidane Oliver and heading down anymore. It's just we get the ball forward a lot quicker rather than building it up slowly. And then once we created um, a little bit of space there, it was easy to slip Pinnock in. It was, it was a, a carbon copy goal of, of Sam Hoskins uh, a couple of weeks before. So it's it's clear that like Brady's working on these patterns and everything. And I just think they they work a little bit better against those type of teams um, in the 4-2-3-1. So uh, who knows what we'll see against Carlisle. That might be a game where we do go back to a, a back three and hope to hold on to the ball a little bit more. But I, I just think we're better when we get the ball forward rather than trying to, to um, I don't know, hold possession around the back uh, so for, for, for too long. I think it's quite important too. We talked a lot about identity and you know all that stuff, playing styles, and the, the club have talked about it. I think Brady's talked about it. That I was quite pleased they did go back to the four-two-three-one because it's, it's quite easy and quite um, you know tempting just to go with the back three it's solid thing week in week out. But I think that four-two-three-one is going to be more key to our identity going forward, hopefully, than the, mm-hmm. the back three. That's just my opinion. But I just I just think it's a brave move from Brady. And it's done a lot of brave brave things. Um, Martin, what's your opinion on? Formations. Are you, are you sort of big on them, or are you, you know, think there's other things at play? Um, <clears throat> I think that they play an important part. I think, I think sometimes when things go badly, you can, you can sort of want to tweak the formation, thinking, well, you know, that's the the problem with us. It probably makes more of a difference, I think, when you're fitting it around the play, the players you've got and the and the opposition in front of you. Um, I think it's noticeable that, you know, when teams are coming to try and win a game. Um, that four-two-three-one seem, you know, I think there were that they got space, we we got space. Um, other times, yeah, perhaps away away from home, uh, where you're able to soak pressure up, hit on a break, then some something like you know three-five-two will work. But I, I think you've got to be not too wedded to to one particular alignment of players on the pitch. You know, you can have an identity and way of playing, but sometimes mm. you know that that might that might necessitate. You know your three centre halves, as we did to, to close the game out on um, on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Another time it might be four two three one or four four two, but it's more. You know, you might arrange the players differently, but it's your way of playing, your tempo. You know that that quick movement. You know, as as we described, it's um, you have that identity, and maybe you shuffle the players around it. You get away playing. Where you get in trouble is where you don't have an identity and way of playing. Yeah, and you just well, we'll we'll try and play it on the deck on Saturday. That's not work. We've got hammered. Right, let's try and go long on on Tuesday night. Um, you know, whatever we line up with on Saturday, which unfortunately I won't be at, so I'm working this weekend. You kind of think, right, that'll be a, a plan to try and win the game, playing the way that we play. It mm. won't. It it may be a different lineup of players, but it'll be an approach that will be with the intent of um, you know. Go and get a comfortable win up there. 
there's a difference between being flexible and being reactionary, isn't it, Martin? That's what you're trying yeah. to say. Like, I think that's you, very, you can, very key. You can say, like, we're, we're going to adapt this way to play how we want to play rather than that didn't work, so we have to react to it. And the, do you know what I mean? The knee-jerk reactions and, and changing things because something hasn't worked out one week as opposed to the next isn't always the best way. Like, I, I do... But I, I, th- I do like teams that are flexible and, and I like that I, I, it would be good to see us, you know, switch to a three when it when he thinks we need it and, and switch mm. to four when it when that's suited, you know. You, you can't Brendan, are, you, unless, are you like Alan Partridge, you want evolution, not revolution. Yeah. yeah evolve, not revolve. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's exactly what I'm trying to say, basically. Unless, I, unless you're Liverpool and you've got the best players in the world and all Man City and you can pretty much you know do whatever you want and impose your will on teams it, it always pays back to to be flexible and, and change what what you know you might need game in game out um to go and try and win win games and it, it works on saturday so something that really helps with that though is having your third choice center back being as good as tyler maglore yeah. malwar i mean to see that guy on the bench you're like well you'd be starting for every other team in this division yeah it's yeah. like that. That done half give you a, you know, you could be really relaxed about playing three centre halves. You're not thinking, oh, you know, is Max Dyche up to it? Because mm. he's away on loan at Brackley or some journeyman. It's like, no, you've got an up and coming, really good player. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's it's a, an embarrassment of riches at the back. It's where yeah. we can afford to, to, to do that, I suppose, really, isn't it? We've got a very good defence. We've got some depth in those positions. We, we don't, essentially, we're not trying out like, five in the midfield or a four three three because we haven't got the midfielders to try it. So <laughs> we're cycling round with with uh with where we're strongest in the squad, which is sensible. We laugh, but like, you know, it's the right thing to do, I suppose. So I am a I'm a bit worried about Martin saying we've got an embarrassment of riches. Give it two or three weeks, Martin might have to well, comment, you know, no one comes in, like, someone is gonna get one, something or other. In one position in one position an embarrassment of riches at centre half. <laughs> Just an and, embarrassment elsewhere. And, well, yeah. <laughs> when no, Malwar goes down with gout, Martin, I'm not going to ever forgive you. Um, slim, pick, slim picking to centre midfielders <laughs> and an embarrassment of non-scorers for strikers. <laughs> <laughs> but centre half, we're laughing. Let's quickly um, move on just to one of the things I think uh, Brendan or uh, Martin's mentioned it already, the out-of-contract players. Um, now, there's a few... Oh, it was actually Luke, was it? But there's actually a I few... I've got them actually on here on the screen if you want me to read them out to you. Yeah, yeah, why not? That sounds good. So we've got up first Johnny Maxted, whose contract runs up in the summer. Yep. And obviously the main one, Liam Roberts, contract up in the summer, but talks are ongoing. Yep. Uh, we've got Mark Harriman, who's out of contract, I believe, in the summer as well. Yep. Uh, Aaron McGowan is under contract until 2023. Uh, let's go to the next page. I'm trying to just find the ones who are out of contract uh Sid Nelson's out of contract which is surprising he's a player I actually sort of forgot we had for a while obviously due to his injury yeah um obviously and then the one that scares me is Fraser Horsfall it says out of contract Brady has again confirmed the club are in talks but warned they may need to win promotion to convince him to sign on yeah um there's McWilliams is obviously a big one. Yeah, McWilliams it? is yeah. out in the summer. Uh, you got the likes of Joseph Mills out contract. Yeah. Uh, obviously McWilliams, like you mentioned. Danny Rose. Yeah, Danny Rose. And Scott Pollock. Pollock, yeah. And there you go. There's the, the ones so out che- contract. So cheers, Luke. So 
we put it out there on on Twitter, and this is quite a bit of a bastard of a, a poll, really. I did, I did have to chuckle with myself when we did it. Um, who would you least like? Sorry, who would you most like to keep out of the following four? These are the four main players out of contract, maybe apart from, um, you know, Joe Mills. Um, so Liam Roberts, Fraser Horsfall, Scott Pollock, or Sean McWilliams. It's almost like who who would you rather see shot, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like it's still a terrible uh, choice. Um, Brendan, out of Roberts, Horsfall, Pollock and McWilliams, who would you most like to keep? It's like asking me which finger would I chop off. Do you know what I'm yeah. <laughs> that's like the, outside of Pinnock, that's the best performer this season, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't know. I, my, right now, I'd probably say McWilliams, just because I think he's probably the hardest player to replace. We've not seen anything like him. We've had good keepers. We've had good centre-backs. You know, um, Players like but Williams are, are very hard to find around these divisions, um, and I like that he's a local lad. Um, there's there's a romantic in me that says, do, "Who was that guy for, for Doncaster who made like 800 appearances?" Oh, Coppinger. Yeah, you know, it'd be good. I'd love McWilliams to do that. Um, it, there's always a romantic, you know. I doubt he has that much of an affinity for Northampton, but mm. I was, so I'd probably say him. But you know, really, if we. I think the difference will will come this season when we all know that Cole's recruitment when we went into League One was pretty poor. We actually let go or didn't sign, re-sign a lot of the players that got us into League One. I think if we if we're to stick around longer and we are promoted this season, keeping hold of all the players we just mentioned is is critical. Um, if mm. we promoted and still lose all of those, bar Pollock, I'd I'd be pretty upset. You've, you're going to have to be pinned down with McWilliams. We can't let you get away with trying no, to say. I'll, I'll take the Williams then. Go on. I reckon you'd lose your little finger as well. It's pretty super. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that during the show. Um, so, Martin, out of um, Liam Roberts, Fraser Horsfall, Scott Pollock, and Sean McWilliams, we can throw in Joe Mills as well. Um, who would you most like to keep? Sorry, it's a no brainer for me, and I'll play football with his dad. Uh, <laughs> but it's not Sean McWilliams because I think. Much as I love the local lad, I love him as a player. I think he's developed wonderfully under Curl, under, Curl, under, under Brady, rather. Uh, you know, I think you'll replace him. I haven't seen a keeper this good for years. Okay. And every other player, even the ones... Williams is a, championship, is a, a League One, maybe a championship player. Horse will definitely a championship player. Roberts, I don't... You know, I'm, I'm not saying it's really that good, but we've just had crap keepers for so long. If you tell me tomorrow, if I wake up tomorrow, look on that Chronicle website for going to work, and it says three-year deal for any of those players, I want it to be Roberts. Okay, you're going to have to face Sean McWilliams' um, dad next game. You're going to have to explain to him why you didn't pick his son. It's just got quite awkward. <laughs> um, Luke, um, are you going to go with a goalie or, you know, Horsfall, obviously, you know, well-beaten centre-back at the moment. Scotty P, you know, local lad, Mr. Technique, really could potentially be pretty good, but we don't know. Um, and Williams, obviously, Kings Heath, um, Rottweiler. Who, who would you choose out of them? Well, for me, as we discussed earlier, we sort of the Kings assigned centre-back. So, for me, I, I don't really have a problem if we did let Horsfall. I mean, I don't have a key Horsfall, obviously, but I wouldn't, if he went up, I'd feel confident we could replace him. With Pollock, he's not been. I mean, I, I I rate him, and I think he would be a decent player if given the chance. But you know, we've not seen too much of him for him to be vital to our team. So it's between for me, McWilliams and Roberts. Now the thing with these two is, I completely agree with Martin here. I've not seen a keeper this good since Adam Smith 
And even then, I'm thinking he might actually overtake him coming in the season. He's on 17 clean sheets. Uh, he's only, what, I think it's four go- uh, four clean sheets off uh, the league's... No, was it? Uh, not half. Half record, yeah. I think it was half. Anyway, I don't know if half got 21 or 24 clean sheets in the season, but I know he's not far off that. And his current success rate is, uh, I, think, I think it's 48% or something like that. So nearly every other game, he's keeping a clean sheet. And those sort of stats for a keeper, and you've seen him this season, the times he's saved us and won us points. I don't think in those four I could be counting anyone more than Roberts. I think for me, he's the one I'd love to see sign a long deal set at the club, especially considering how poor we've had some keepers over years with Mitchell. And I mean, I know it's a controversial one, but I didn't really rate Daikonel. I thought he made a mistake for two too much. So for me, it's 100% Roberts, without a doubt. Okay. That- yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, if I, I'll just quickly say mine quickly. Yeah, I'm just going to go with Sean McWilliams because just that local link, I think it would just be a massive wrench if he, if and when he leaves, especially if he goes, God forbid, to Peterborough on a free, which is the sort of way things have gone for us in the background. <laughs> it would just kill us all off, wouldn't it? Don't even jinx so, it. Yeah, so um, Sean McWilliams for well, me. Well, we, we did see Wakely Gage in amongst those um, those greats. And yeah, bloke got I think, three times player of the year in the early 80s and then went to posh on a free. It's like looks like the wounds have healed by the reception he got. Um, How dare he years later. <laughs> um, Keith, what about for you? Roberts, Horsfall, Pollock, McWilliams, or like, like we said, Joe Mills, you can add in if you want. Well, firstly, you're right. Horrible question. Um, shame on you uh, for sorry. that. Um, no problem. Um, I might have two scenarios because I, the number of times I look at Roberts and just think if, if he's in goal last season, if he was in goal last season, we're still a League One team this season. Um, I don't think they're necessarily as easy to come by as maybe as maybe we think keepers like like him. And he's he seems like a winner. He is so fired up when he comes out for every game. Um, I think maybe if we if we win promotion, Roberts, if we stay in League Two with Williams, but I'd love to keep both, obviously. Yeah, if all of those are Cobbers players next season, it is just quite a good spine for a progression that's what we want as you want to see a bit of progression so fingers crossed with that one yeah finger hopefully uh brendan doesn't lose any fingers yeah (laughs) (laughs) no fingers were harmed as part of this segment (laughs) um that's good that's pretty much sums up the on the field stuff we've got to talk a little bit about the off field stuff it's quite a big week in more ways than one um there was uh a council meeting you know um on Tuesday night uh, regarding whether to give the go-ahead to the six-field redevelopment land deal. I remember asking James Averill when he was last on whether it was the beginning of the end of the redevelopment saga or the end of the beginning, and it seems, touch wood, it might be the former with Western Northampton Council voting to pass the club's proposals for the land deal at Sixfields that will finish the East End. Um, after years of rugmoire, it's almost a damp squib event and passed with very little opposition from what I could make out. Um, of course, it wasn't the end of the tale with the excellent NN Journal reporting that the counter bidders Sildara are intending to launch a judicial review, whatever that is. Uh, then it was revealed that West Northamptonshire Council confirmed a three million bid from developer Sildara was not recommended to members at a cabinet meeting on Tuesday. Uh, an alternative three million bid from development company Sildara was not recommended to members as a professional assessment of best consideration recommended. The CDNL offer for financial reasons as stated in the report, um, said the BBC. We'll just bring you in, Keith, because obviously you've had a bit, little bit of interest in it. What did you make of it overall and where things are now? Um, well, I think it's the best potential scenario from the club. Clearly, I never would have wanted it to go to, you know, a company that's just coming out of the blue and, and put a bid in. Yeah. What that means for the council and 
ongoing scrutiny and an unfolding, just looking at the moment, a BBC journalist called Craig Lewis, and I think his, his boss or his ex-boss um, on Twitter talking about it. And, and this chap, Julian Sturdy, is saying, keep digging, Craig, something doesn't add up here, given the history. And I'm just thinking, oh, no, can we not just, you know, can we not just have this go through now? Um, and then I just think as as supporters, as supporters groups and as all the people who um, got involved on the on the bandwagon from the club as we, we built up the PR towards the decision being made, let's make sure that we keep our eyes on this and let's make sure, please, that the owners and the club do deliver on all the things that they've said they would do um, if they were successful in getting this deal. But, you know, I just I just hope to God it, it, it does go through and it doesn't, you know, we don't find another way of this thing dragging on. Mm, I, I, yeah, that seems a reasonable summary. I've, I've shifted my position, you know, marginally on this over the past few weeks, where as it's developed and things have sort of not come out the woodwork, woodwork, but things have developed almost day by day, week by week, even, and things have happened. Um, yeah, it just feels that the first of all, the the meeting itself. I'm very glad I don't have to sit and listen to one of those meetings ever again from West Northampton Council because they're just losing the will to live. But um, yeah, it just feels. I remember the the Cardoza times when they were getting things through, and I think they got their land deal through and everything like that. And then it, it still never really came to fruition. But you know, there was opposition. There was I think it got called in at that point. It just feels like that this three million counter bid. I'm just a bit concerned that it might be a, a bit of a fly in the ointment and how it's going to be dealt with. But the council seem quite confident about it, or you know, that's the way they're dealing with it. They're, they're going with the Northampton bid. Um, Brendan, we've talked a little bit on previous shows about it. Are, are you sort of, are you still where you were on it in that you're sort of questioning what benefits can have for the everyday fan and that I guess sort of kind of fairly relieved it seems to be moving a bit? Yeah, I mean, it's, again, we mentioned, uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And I, I think I'm, I'm quite nervous. I tried to, I've read what the the stuff that came out about the extra Sildara bid and some people looking into it and stuff like that. And I'm just, yeah. it's one of those, I, I don't ever feel it's put in language, but like the average fan can get it. And like, you know, I'm struggling to kind of keep up with it. I kind of wish there was a, um, I don't know, an idiot's guide to it. <laughs> I wish someone came out with like a too long, didn't read, like this is it in layman's terms, you know, a bite size, a tweet basically telling us where it's at and, if you don't like it, this is what you can do. And if you do like it, shut up and carry on. Do you know what I mean? Because the whole time I'm like, I read something and I'm like, okay, well, is, is someone doing something about this? Are we expected to do something about this? And this is the whole reason why people are just like, okay, well, let's, let's just get the thing finished now because I think it's just so confusing and, and um, I don't know, stress-inducing for everybody having this eyesore every week um, that the, the thought of getting it done, get, having a car park of 300 extra seats is 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 better right, right now um so yeah I'll, I'll believe it when i see it we'll see what happens they, they've got to get these legal papers sorted out over the next six to eight weeks haven't they which is a ridiculous mm. amount of time for for legal paper <laughs> what you'd think they'd at least like draft those up over the last whatever like five <laughs> years it's been or whatever you'd, you'd have an idea surely but yeah i mean we'll see what happens in the next six to eight weeks um if that if that's the pace that this is moving at, then you know I'm I'm not too worried because it's not moving too fast for anyone to stop anything. It sort of brings to mind, and I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that clearly the co the cobblers aren't going to use a, a lawyer of this level, especially because David Bowers a lawyer himself. But it just uh, just made me think of um, Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons, the lawyer on The Simpsons. <laughs> he's always he's always doing some 
court case where he's out of his depth when he goes, I rest my case and then his case opens and there's like a banana in it and a bit of paper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, him or my cousin Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're not going to use lawyers of that calibre. I'll make that very clear. Uh, Martin, yeah, even for someone like myself that takes an interest in these sort of things, I have been completely ground down by it. I'm not, almost now just thinking, God, just I don't like that stand, and I'll go on to that in a minute. I don't I hate, I really don't like the last stand at all. But even I'm just sort of like, we need to get over this now to try and have a new direction for the football club that's not linked to the um, land deal, Martin. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of you know uh, one and a half to two cheers from me. It's we need things to move forward. I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of history about kind of local democracy being used to enrich, like, it feels like, yeah, this, this has been a bit of a, a strange sort of one. But ultimately, you know, we want to see the betterment of the football club. Um, while, you know, ourselves as trust will probably have, you know, some differences with, with the ownership. This, this does feel like a step forward that, you know, that deal's done and it's legally sound. You would hope of all councils, um, you know, a council in Northamptonshire would would be sensible enough to have taken all the legal advice and covered all the bases. <laughs> uh, this should, you know, it should mean, um, you know, they get to develop it. We'll all have our own views on what that should look like. Um, but frankly, if it looks something other than a half-completed uh, stand that reminds us of our day stand in the hotel end, it's it's a good thing for me. So yeah, I, I think positive, but you know, you've you've got to be cynical, you know. At the end of the day, much as much as I love the cobblers and I follow up and down the country, I don't want to see, you know, my, you know, local democracy subverted or council you know, money that should be spent on services and things mm. being missed out on or squandered through lack of governance. But I'm sure they've done all that right. And I genuinely mean that. I don't mean like in a sort of winking way. I'm sure yeah. they've done all that right. And I'll just hope that, you know, Kelvin Thomas and, and the club make the best of it. And it, and it moves us forward. It moves forward because we, we do, you know, that 7,500 capacity stadium and kind of the over, it's, it's imperfect in so many ways. You know, it's not tight like some of the other new grounds like Burton and Walsall and what have you. There's room for expansion, but we can't expand. There's no executive boxes. I don't like executive boxes. They bring money in. There's so many things that are not quite as they are. And now this should give them a bit of leeway to imagine and think, OK, what can we do with this place? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, as usual, a rounded appraisal there, Martin. Now, we'll bring Luke in now. And Luke strikes me as a sort of guy that got, got his own mind. That's kind of the reason we brought him on the show and stuff and that particularly for the crowd um luke what's your what's your what do you make of it all and do you sort of are you are you with martin that it's almost like the starting point for what we can actually do with the rest of the stadium now and what, what potential there is um yeah i would definitely agree if we can get this deal signed i i mean obviously it's said it's been agreed but until two months time when it actually gets signed I feel like that would be the point where we might actually finally see some improvement. I know Katie's been under a lot of intense questioning from fans, and rightly so, over the years, saying, is he here to, you know, build um, a future for Northampton? Is he here to sell us on or what's going on? Personally, as you've all already covered, 
obviously every single fan in that stadium wants to see that stand done whether it's a basic normal stand or we know i know the hotel end idea or whatever i just want to see a finished stand um and obviously if we can get this deal signed and have no hiccups between now and then i i have faith that you know this could be a very bright start for what should be a good future for the cobblers um, a lot of this stuff, though, I'll say I'm not the most knowledgeable on because after two, three years of the saga, I sort of just gave up listening. Yeah. Um, I sort of just yeah. thought it's a roundabout, isn't it? It's, it's a cabinet meeting, a discussion, a fall through, and then repeat the cycle. And so mm. I sort of started looking at, especially like uh, James Hennigan and Jeremy Casey's sort of tweets on it to get myself sort of an idea, but I never really tuned in. Um, yeah. But no, seeing this news now, I sort of changed my tune. I think it's very positive. I think we're finally starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And if we can get this signed and we do, you know, utilise the area that we get in terms of making a fan park, car park, expand the stand, more seats, maybe some boxes, stuff to bring in some way to the club and help us, you know, hopefully one day cement our position in League One. Because really, I know no one deserves their place in the league. I know no one deserves their place in the pyramid. You are where you are because how you perform. But every couple of fans know we're a club of a decent size of this level where we should be in League One and should be able to main status in that division. And yeah. I feel this whole saga ending and what will come next should really help us boost. And I feel like it also, if we can get this stand nailed, we can actually maybe tempt some fans. Because I think our biggest problem more than anything in this county is we're one of the biggest counties or the biggest town in Britain by a kind of size of population. Or there's 630,000 people, something like that, in the whole of Northamptonshire, and yet we get 5,000 at home. Yeah, rugby club managed to get 20,000 some games, so we're doing something wrong. Well, not unless we're doing something wrong, but there, there's something wrong. We should be able to, um, sw- not persuade or attract more younger fans and fans across the yeah. county to come and watch this team. And I think our biggest problem for that is because everyone knows as soon as we go into League One, how long is it till we go back down? And so if we can solidify ourselves in League One and get a proper stadium built with some attraction to it. I feel like it could be really beneficial for us, and I feel like this whole deal is the beginning of that, personally. Mm, no, that's fair. I enough. think, Luke, Luke, I think that's a, there's a couple of brilliant points there. It's, yeah. it's not so much that they're doing something wrong, because they're, they're about as big as they've always been. Yeah. But the root, the potential, you know, with the size of the county, the town, the towns around it, and the cynicism that people have, and certainly, you know, at my age, I'm starting going in the early 80s. Oh, yeah. we go up. The best we ever had up there is three seasons, and we come down. We don't seem to build for the future. We don't yeah. seem to establish ourselves there for. And each time we've gone up, it's been a little bit worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. That reputation stays. You know, the, the egg chasers don't have that because you don't have promotion or relegation yeah. or of any effective sorts. You know, it's yeah. not sort of proper sport. But <laughs> it does. it's competitive. It's competitive, and you've you've got to keep up. But that's what, yeah, Martin, that's, Martin, that's what the, obviously our, our new Hotel M project is looking at, is yeah. that you can't yeah. just sit back and say, OK, the um, league position is going to bring in the punters because we've been up to League One, nearly got to the championship under Ian Atkins. It, it falls away. Um, you, we do need to start looking at trying to bring through that next generation of fans. And, and safe standing is absolutely proven at that. It, yeah. All the Premier League clubs are, are instituting it now, and it, these are the things we need to really need to be looking at to, to grow the um, to grow the club. And I, I want to bring Keith in here just to have the sort of final word on it. Is that for me now? I see that that North Stand land area that the new hotel end is looking at, and that East Stand land. There's a potential for that 
whole site to have a real benefit for the club that can completely outweigh the East Stand and the, the rigmarole of that um, Keith. And that's that's especially the East, uh, the athletics track area is something that the trust are still keen on to you know to, to, to make the best use of. Yeah, I think we we all know even by the club's own projections. You know, you finish the East Stand, you get two hundred and fifty thousand extra. I think it's revenue uh, per year that still leaves the club as loss mating, making. And I think we have to do everything we can, hopefully working together, to find a way to make it sustainable going forward. And if that is something yeah. that enhances sport in the area, enhances the work that um, can be done with the community, the use of the facilities, um, and of course the match day experience and the experience around, you know, the Saturdays and the, and the Tuesdays and what have you. Yeah. Um, so much the better so yeah i think it's almost important that we get get this out of the way let's see the true colors the owners let's make sure they are what they've been telling us they are and hopefully we can all work together to to really enhance things yeah i i, I noticed that i'm um, swindon i haven't looked into the upshoot minutiae of it yeah i'll have a look into it in more detail but they seem to um i think they've secured the freehold of the county ground or the other county ground the fake county ground and um they've they're working with the sports trust in a, in a joint venture to um, mm-hmm. essentially build the, the infrastructure that build the, the the facilities up and it just seems like the east stand has been a, a, a you know i'm not going to sugarcoat it it's been a been a bit of a mess you know for most of it it's been it's not a nice experience for anyone and we're all, all still coming out of that but and it almost felt like a bit of a closed shop thing when it was cardoza it was a closed shop you know the the fans have not been able to really give much to the the, the East Stand, the Kelvin Thomas version. You know it's been sort of like we can just we can we can do a survey and say yes, but apart from that, there's not been much you know collaboration. I just feel now it's the time to with that athletics track land that the club has essentially promised that will be used for community use and club use, and the North Stand land, which is pretty big, to just be a bit more open about it, to bring in different um you know people, parts of the club, the community, the business community, and say the sporting community. We've talked to. Team Shoebox about what they think they could, you know, do in coalition with the club. I really hope that, that that will happen now, and it won't just be the club will come up with an idea about what they think is is best, you know, use of the thing, and then put a survey out, and then we all agree to it. I don't think that's the way forward anymore. I don't think that's functional. And hopefully, if you know, if anyone from the club is listening, that you know, they they take a bit more of an open, open sort of path now. And that that, that the athletics track is a, essentially a blank canvas. And if we say there's nothing, there's no use for it. Or it's going to it can only be a car park. I think that reflects really badly on us as a club and a town, really. But we haven't got any imagination to use some, you know, essentially a fairly flat piece of land. So let's see what happens with Tom. it. Yes, mate. So I was going to just put that in there. I want to, right. before we move on, I want to speak to you lot because obviously I'm, I'm assuming most of you knew the county ground or maybe yeah. attended a match there in the past because I'm one of the generation who never got to experience it. Yeah. One thing I always love is when I watch that Fulham highlights game and that's twenty thousand in that stand or in the ground, sorry, watching that game. And I do have to think, uh, from your opinions, all of you, what's the main thing, do you think, to why we've declined so much in attendance? Is it the fact that we're no longer reaching the second and first division, so to speak? And you know we're in there once, but I was interested to see what your opinions are and to why our gate decline has become so low of recent years. Um, Martin, you, you, you probably, I, I will go to um, Keith as well, but Martin, you, you were a county ground regular, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, uh... I mean, when we were at the county ground, we were getting um, five in the 86, 87, say, when we were successful, get five and a half, six thousand. It started to go up, up more. Now, one of the things that was easier with the bigger capacity, which standing gives you, is 
you people who fancy turn up for a game, I've got no problem getting to it. So you've got the option. You, you pull a big team out in the cup. You, you know, you've got a local derby. Just don't want to get their mates on. I've got, you know, we're doing a weekend away uh, in Nottingham, uh, me and my mates, uh, around the Mansfield game. Now, I've just got to hope that's not all tickets so I can get five tickets for me and my mates. When your, um, your capacity for those, those supporters contracts and you can only get up to 7,500 as was, a bit less than that, probably, or about seven eight, I think we started with, and fewer now, then when you get Man United in the Cup, when you get local derbies, when you get something that someone thinks, oh, I'll get my mate along with that, and they can't, or it's harder, or you can't get sitting together because there's fewer seats, that bit where you expand, you take that avenue away, and you make it, I think it becomes really, really insular. Whereas when you've got a bigger ground, so say you've supported you know, the, the franchise down the road, if you fancy getting someone along to it, great, we'll get a couple of seats together. So, you know, stat, stat, well, yeah, quite. Um, you know, standing adds to that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, you know, I'm a massive advocate of, of, of safe standing. Um, but I think, you know, we, we sold tracks, attract people. The success of the egg chasers, you know, they, they get more, they get more in than us now. You know, they develop Franklin's Gardens really well. But Martin, have you been to Martin? Sorry to interrupt you. Have you been to a Saints game recently? I, I, I went um, the other week against Exeter, I think it was. And what they have got there is, I'm not a rugby fan, I just quite enjoy it because it just washes over me. I don't really understand half what's going on. Um, but their setup there is absolutely second to none. You don't queue for a beer. Yeah. You, yeah. Um, the, the whole, all the facilities are absolutely top notch. It's, it's organised top notch. It's organised really well. Here's a, good, here's a great example. At Sixfields, and I've spoken to Luke a couple of times in the foyer, in the, you know, the, um, what's it called, the um, concourse there on the West End. If you want to go and get a beer, the last time I went there was two people serving. They hadn't pre-poured any beer. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I don't think they were. Yeah, so it's two people. It took me ages to queue up. It was absolutely a right hassle to do stuff. The the concourse is pretty packed most games. It was apparently like pretty much organised chaos the last game because there's seven thousand in the ground. It just the facilities I find at Sixfields when it was first built was great because it was you know uh, versus the county ground which was pretty much ramshackle. I think Sixfields is showing its its age now, and uh, as Brendan has said, for the everyday in previous shows, for the everyday fan, the new stand is not going to do much. Three hundred seats and some boxes, it's not going to touch it. It just feels like to to bring back fans and attract them to come back, that is the problem. And I, I think Sixfields is is part of it. And going and sitting down twenty five pound a seat if you if you walk up twenty four pound, um, is that going to bring you, people back? I don't think I, so. Yeah, I, I right. I, the facilities you make a dead good point. Yeah. The concourse, I don't know anywhere that seems that cold to stand, you know, just cold and unwelcome in and grim. They've put, you know, some of the, they've got some great stuff up there around the, the women's multi-disabled teams. They're, try, they're trying, but it's just, it yeah. needs work. And if you can't, you know, basic sort of needs, basic to get a beer. If you can't go and get a beer at half time, you know, 10 minutes while I'll tell you what, I'll start putting a few beers in case someone turns up in 10 minutes. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't do that. Can I say the I'm, obvious? I'm no though, like, you, and it was cans as well. It was serving yeah, well, yeah. Luke, you were you were saying that you know what what changed from the county ground to now. Like, there's plenty of stuff we can point to with six hills, but I think we have to look wider at the town uh, and, and the world as well. Like, we were a Labour Labour county back then under the mm. when we had the um, the county ground. We're a Tory. Uh, we've pretty much been a Tory 
I don't know the exact years, but we've been a Tory um, council since since we've been at Sixfield. So the whole time, I'm pretty sure that the entire uh, like all of non-league and lower league football has declined in attendance over the last 20, 30 years, frankly, because they don't care about football fans. You can't get a beer in the stands like you can at the rugby. You can't get a beer in the stands like you can in Germany. It's not on clubs and clubs don't want to get us pissed. They don't want us to be readily available to give them cash for booze. They don't want us like that. And if you want proof of that this season and what I still think is driving more people away or keeping people away, there's three fucking security companies on the quietest stand in the ground and stopping us moving around and doing all this this stuff for for people who've been going to the ground for 15 years or have been going to clubbers even longer than that. Like this, uh, this idea that football fans are like toothless hooligans is, is it comes from the top down. It comes from like the, from government, it comes to like big football and governing, uh, governing bodies. And I think Northampton have shown, have, have done that too much in, in the recent years. If you look at the clubs that have managed to expand over the last couple of years and grow their fan base and move up the football tables, they treasure their fans and they value their fans and they don't treat them like walking asbos. They treat them like it is kind of a, a, a tongue in cheek laugh. But, you know, they tend to be northern clubs who are like, oh, this is what we're all like. We all have a beer and football. There's such a different atmosphere, I think, at Cobbers over the last couple of years and to I, most lower league football. I, I, I am lo- I'm loving this. Could I, could I just say, just to finish my, rap, my rant? Right. Because you've nailed it there with you know, the clubs you go to and get a beer. The social club. I get off that trust travel bus, you know, whenever a pub stops somewhere, yeah. get to the ground, right, what's the social club? Like, you go to Port Vale, you go yeah. to AFC Wimbledon. I went to watch Dulwich Hamlet like, on, you know, I'm going on off. Saturday. Yeah, that bar yeah. is bloody brilliant. You know, you, because, you know, because they don't vilify you for wanting to go to football and have beers. What, it's, it's, what part of the, it's part of the culture. But, it, there's this more thing of, like, that, you're from, North, from Northampton, so you're therefore, or, or you support a lower league football team, so you're therefore going to cause trouble. I can't but more than that, they it. give you the capacity. They give you the capacity. Yeah, cars of course they do, because they want to. Is cars bar, right? I like, you know, folk work behind a bar. Really good mates, man. But it's tiny. We're a football yeah. league club. Yeah. Right. That. Right. If you know, we get our druthers. You know, the, the club gets to expand the east stand. Right. Rip out all of the underneath of the west stand, and you have a nice big, big bar. None of these no away fans because they might bring a couple of hundred. They might shout. Yeah. You put a couple of bouncers on because you know what they're waiting to give you their money, and mm. they're waiting to make it a better atmosphere in there. You yeah. name me the last the last time you even thought we needed bouncers. When when was the last oh, time? Oh, I agree. More security. When, That's the last no, time. When was it, the last time? It feels time like you, too much. It does feel like too much. When was the last time you ever went to a football match and went, thank God that security guard was there? You name me one time. <laughs> no, 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 no yeah. I'm serious. The, I'm serious. The, only re- the only reason they need them at Cars Bar, you know, the two, the two, two old boys, they always say hello. They only need them because they might sometimes say, no, away fans, they're checking the colour of your scarf. Yeah. That they only, they only like, need them to stop away fans going in and giving us their money and well, to, to keep numbers down because too many people are trying to go into an overcrowded bar. Here's a good example. Um, obviously, you know, I was involved with the six room sound setting up and blah, blah, blah. Matt was doing his DJ in, in the uh, outside the decking or in the decking, within the decking. And it created a brilliant vibe. And there were games where away fans from people like, I can't tell you exactly the team, but they were like, teams with not a, a bad following they weren't allowed in there and i was just thinking why are you keep why are you stopping getting yourself money I can't then, they moved, then they moved matt outside the um the decking into his car 
So he has to have people accosting and stuff like that, and he's he's further away from everything. And I got told that because he was costing the club money, like from beer sales. Because he, he was bringing people in. I, just, that, I didn't make any sense. We could go on about this all night, and I don't want to. We don't want to just be. Um, I'd say one last point. Speaking about Brendan's thing with the stewards. Yeah. Um, quick shout out to obviously Ian Townsend. I was speaking to him the other day about this particular thing. Um, I remember when I was 15 years old and we had a cup match. Um, and one of my best mates was at the game and I wanted to sit with him and his dad uh, didn't come to the game so I knew that seat was free so I went up to the West Stand Upper to go sit with my mate and the stewards came up to me and said can I see your ticket please and they looked at my ticket and after he explained to the stewards oh, I'm sitting with my mate his dad's not here to the game uh, I'm just going to sit with him they literally escorted me at 15 years old back to my original seat yeah, all because of uh, an empty seat for a season ticket. That, that, that's happened more this season than any other season. And I know we're going over time and like, whether it makes it in or not. But th- this is something I care about when it comes to cobblers and to, yeah. to football as a whole. Because, you know, I do all my non-league, do, doing all the 92. Nobody wants security at football. Unless it's Millwall, West Ham, or some massive, like, overproduced product like you get in the Premier League where, where you need that stuff. Yeah. Nobody wants it down here. I have never, ever been to a football match and said, thank God for that security guard. <laughs> only, the only single time I've, I've had like a, a positive, I say positive in inverted commas, running with them was when we had Man United in the cup and there was a Man United fans sat in the Northampton end who, when I cheered when United scored, one of them told me that he boxed me at, at half time or something. And I'm laughing in his face. I couldn't, mate, throw me all the shit you want. I don't need a steward to come up here and sort all of it out. That I get Brendan in different ways. Brendan, that's a good place to wrap it up, actually, because we've been talking about an hour now, and that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's enough. But I, I go to the Bundesliga quite a lot, and I go to watch, you know, Hamburg, and you know, the the, the end behind the goal there, which is just all standing, and it's it's great, and you know, you barely see a steward in there. It sort of pleases itself, and if they can, you can have an area with ultras in and stuff like that. And still not need that studio presence. Why do you need that such huge security presence at Cobblers? I completely agree. But this is something we can talk about again, maybe as a sort of a special something, uh, special show. But thanks everyone for um, talking. It's been really interesting as usual, really um, valuable in trying to make sense of everything. And um, we'll speak again soon. Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Cheers, everyone. everyone. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, Cheers everyone. Thanks. 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 Cheers. Bye. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.